0: Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up.
0: Start your V-G-R!
1: For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track.
0: All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host. let there and have a good day, all right, bud. Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.05 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always. Gorgeous weekend here in western New York. Hope you're having a great one. And we've got a fun show ahead of us this morning. Lots going on. You've got NASCAR in Michigan. We'll have the race right here on WGR later this afternoon for the uh, Michigan 400 coming up later today. The Firekeepers Casino 400, to be uh Correct with the uh, title sponsor. So you've got Michigan, you've got IndyCar. They were in action in Texas uh, last night. Scott Dixon picking up the win there. NHRA is in Virginia. And you got F1 just north of the border. They're up in Montreal for the Canadian Grand Prix. So that's coming up this afternoon. So lots of racing from the big national and international series. And also been a busy weekend for the local tracks. Lots going on. You have the Race of Champions modified series at Lake Erie Speedway last night. You've got Tony Stewart. In the area. He was down at State Line last night. He's at Weedsport tonight. And uh, this weekend, uh, this coming Friday, you've got the World of Outlaw late models coming back to the back to the area. They're gonna be at the State Line Speedway on Thursday. And Friday night, they're gonna make their return to the Ransomville Speedway for the first time in 13 years. And We're going to talk to one of their drivers in today's program coming up at the bottom of the hour. Shane Clanton, the Georgia Bulldog, former series champ, will join us at 11.35. Of course, this weekend, one of the biggest of the year in dirt late model racing with the Dream at the Eldora Speedway, the 24th edition of that race, one of the biggest races on the uh, dirt late model calendar every year, and Scott Bloomquist picked up the win in that event yesterday. Shane made the A main, started fourth, but did not fare so well. But we'll talk to Shane. He was one of the few drivers that ran the only other World of Outlaw late model event at Ransomville thirteen years ago, back in two thousand and five, that was won by Scott Bloomquist. He'll likely be one of the few in the field this Friday that was at that race. So we'll talk to Shane. Um, one of the other guys that might be in that event will be uh, or will that ran that event in. Tw- 2005. That'll be in the event this Friday too. Will be Rick Eckert. Uh, I know if you were at Ransomville on Friday, I said Rick Eckert be on the show today. But the folks from the world of Outlaw late models making a late audible last night and giving us Shane Clanton instead, which is perfectly fine. But just wanted to uh, point that out. The essay did mention for those of you that Ransomville on Friday, I thought it, we're gonna have Rick Eckert this morning, but it'll be Shane Clanton joining us. Also coming up in about seven minutes, doing something a little bit different. And it's one of those things where I've been doing the show, oh, I don't know, what, 11, 12 years. It's been a while. I get I get one of these uh guilty pleasures, one of these just uh, this is someone I want to have on the show and it's a very loose association of motorsports, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh if you are a wrestling fan and you have heard of the Something to Wrestle with podcast with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson, uh it is a great listen if you're a wrestling fan. Even if you're not a current wrestling fan, but you grew up in the 80s and 90s watching wrestling, it is a great listen to get some great behind-the-scenes stories. Well, Conrad Thompson is going to join us on the show today in about seven minutes. Uh, and th- there are racing connections. That's why I I, ha- I figured I'd pull, pull the trigger on this and get Conrad on the show because there are a couple racing connections. For one, the Something to Wrestle With podcast sponsored Ryan Sieg's Xfinity Series car yesterday at Michigan. So there was there was I got to check off one box there and then they just did an episode about the wrestler Bob Holly. Now if you weren't following WWF wrestling in the mid 1990s then you might not remember but Bob Holly's first gimmick or character when he came in to the WWF was that of a race car driver, Sparky Plug, Thurman Sparky Plug or eventually he became Spark Plug Bob Holly. Uh not only did Bob Holly have that gimmick, that character, he lived that gimmick because he also Drove race cars, and he's raced late models down south. So uh, they talked about that on the Bob Holly podcast. So so there's there's the connection of racing. I was looking for an in, and I found it. So we're going to talk to Conrad Thompson here in about six minutes. Uh, if you're not a wrestling fan, bear with us this morning. I Like I said, I've done this show so long, I think I get one of these. Just uh, someone I want to talk to, and I, I found a way to tie it into the show. So we're going to make it happen. <laughs> but uh, phone lines are open here off the bat here, 803 551 888 550 2550. And we do have that NASCAR race to look forward to today the Firekeepers Casino 400 at Michigan. As Kyle Larson going for his fourth straight win at the Michigan International Speedway, he won both races there last year and won the August race in 2016 at Michigan. So this would be four in a row, and he would be just the second driver in Michigan uh, Speedway history to win four straight uh, cup races. Bill Elliott did it back in the 1980s when Elliott just dominated things uh, out there in the Irish Hills of Michigan. But uh, Larson looking for his fourth in a row, and he would he could really use a win to uh, jumpstart his season and, and especially uh, help out all the Chevrolet teams that have uh, struggled at times this year. But Kyle's been one of the better Chevy cars this year. And uh, unfortunately, qualifying did not go so well for Kyle. He'll roll off 26 today. Uh, in the Credit One Bank Chevrolet for Chip Ganassi Racing. So he is deep in the field. Kurt Busch is on the pull as uh, the Ford strong in qualifying as they took eight out of the top ten spots. It was It's Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski in the front row, Kyle Busch there in third, Kevin Harvick fourth, Joey Logano, Eric Elmerola in row three, Ricky Stenhouse, Eric Jones in row four, Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin round out the top ten starters. Ryan Newman's your first Chevy in the uh, starting grid. He rolls off 11th of today day alongside Clint Boyer. Chase Elliott, William Byron, the first two Hendrick Chevys, they roll off 13th and 14th today. Martin Truex coming off the win last weekend at Pocono, he goes off 17th. Jimmy Johnson also struggling in qualifying, he is 20th. Uh, Daniel Suarez, 22nd, as so we said, Kyle Larson, 26th, Bubba Wallace rolling off 28th today. Some of the bigger names uh, in the field this afternoon, also Casey Kane starting 29th, but uh, as we get in now here to the, the summer stretch, and this is always an interesting part of the schedule. You go from Pocono to Michigan, you got a week off next week, but then you go to, uh, Sonoma, Sears Point. What is it now these days? Sonoma, Sears Point, Infineon. I think it's back to Sonoma. Uh, Sonoma, and then of course Daytona, and then you get, you know, into the, the, su- this other, other summer races, of course, uh, going back to July, uh, going sh- to Chicago in July and some other tracks. Uh, as we get into the uh, the later stage of the regular season here in the Cup Series, but definitely a trend starting to 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 uh, develop with uh, the the points. As we said, you know things are going to be kind of locked in here for the drivers in playoff contention. You might see a little bit of jostling towards the bottom of the top sixteen, but not only the playoff field set, but for a lot of people, the the championship fours almost set. Uh, everybody at this point, and I don't blame them. Are resigning themselves to three out of the four drivers at Homestead are going to be Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, and Martin Truex, who of course got his second win of the year at Pocono last week. So I mean, th- 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 you know, the way people have been talking this week, it's those three guys. Those they are the show this year, and it's you know it's great. I I think I think it's better to see uh, a, a handful of drivers win all the races versus getting 16 different winners in the regular season. I I think it's better when it's. Uh, you, you got a lot of guy. Uh, you got a handful of big names. Uh, going at it. Uh, for all the victories each week, I, I think it's better than, than you know sixteen different winners. Um, but it's been Kyle and Kevin, of course, for their nine wins. But now Truex has got two, and Truex is heating up. Uh, I mean, he, he was well, he was good earlier in the year. I mean, he struggled at Daytona and Atlanta, but then he goes. Or excuse me, he struggled at Daytona, and then he goes. You know, five straight top five finishes, including getting a win at Fontana. But then some trouble the next four races, you know, 37th at Texas, 30th at Bristol, 14th at Richmond, 26th at Talladega. But now he's back on a little bit of a hot streak here. Fourth at Dover, then back-to-back runner-up finishes at Kansas and Charlotte, and now a win at Pocono. So, I mean, they've had some just bad luck with these crashes this year. uh, So they haven't been able to bank the playoff points and the top finishes like they did last year while en route to the championship But really, you you take out that four-race hiccup, and Truex is is showing some similar performances to what he did last year on his way to the championship, and he's got 13 playoff points now, which is about half of what Harvick and Bush each have. They both have 25 coming into today, but really, if Truex continues to stay out of trouble here in the second half of the regular season with 12 races to go, I mean... uh, you could see him now likely being right up there with Bush and Harvick. So the big question is, who's that fourth driver? Of course, that's going to be the fourth going in that could maybe join these guys in Homestead. And it's still a long season, but like I said, a lot of talk this week about the Bush, Harvick, and Truex show here so far in 2018. And you know, if they get, if they keep their pace up, they're going to lock up enough playoff points where they're going to be pretty good shoe ins for the Homestead finale. So who's that fourth driver? Is it Joey Logano? Is it Brad Keslowski, Clint Boyer? You know, those, some of the other guys near the top. Denny Hamlin, you got to take a look at. He is very, he has been in a couple of these, uh, championship fours at Homestead. Can Kyle Larson, uh, win some races and, and do something? And I mean, you can't, can't even count on Jimmy Johnson despite their struggles, uh, to this point. So. Right now, my money is on Logano. I mean, just looking at the standings, he's right up there with these guys in points. He's third in points. He's just three back of Harvick, and he's about uh, forty-five or so up on Martin Truex. So Joey's been Joey's been the consistent guy this year. Uh, compared to uh, you know Truex and Harvick, either they've run well or they've kind of crashed out or had mechanical difficulties. Whereas Logano, I think, is just you know he hasn't really missed a beat this year. Uh, and so he's, that's why he is, uh, third in points coming out of this year, but hasn't had the, the bad finishes. He hasn't finished worse than 22nd, which he did at Charlotte, but you, you look at the rest of his work, it's all top tens outside of Dover and, uh, Phoenix, of course. Um, but, you know, Joey's been just as consistent as your Harvick's and Bush's and Truex's. He just doesn't have the number of wins. So you look at the top four, and I mean, I mean, currently in points, and it it wouldn't surprise me. If uh, those guys all make their way to Homestead, but it is a long season, still plenty of time to go. Is there someone else that you think that could maybe break into this uh, top four um, and maybe make a bid for the championship a- as the season goes on? I mean, cases can be made for some of the other names I mentioned. You know, Brad Keselowski uh, still looking for a win this year, but uh, you know, Penske and a Ford. That team has been very strong this year, as, as of course you see with his teammate Joe Logano. So you've got that there. Um, I think if Larson, you know, maybe he can get that fourth straight win at Michigan today, that might be, uh, jumping, uh, up in the standings, um, jumping up in the standings, uh, to, to maybe, you know, make a bid here also, uh, late in the season, uh, for the 42 team as they've shown some strength and the, the the chevrolet cars uh getting stronger here i mean it you know jamie mcmurray talked about that they hope to see some improvement um here coming out of charlotte and uh they're, they're starting to get a, a little bit better finishes uh out of the chevrolet camp uh 803-0550-1888-550-2550 uh, of course uh nascar's other top to, uh, the rest of their top three national series in action this weekend. The truck series was in action Friday night at the Texas Motor Speedway, and Stuart Friesen got his first uh, career pull on pavement and uh, had a great race. Finished second, though, to Johnny Sauter. Couldn't catch uh, Sauter on, on one last uh, green lap, uh, green flag uh, run there after a late race caution, but still uh, won a stage. Won, uh one stage one, finished second in stage two. He led 13 laps and a strong run for Stuart Friesen, and he continues uh, to really impress everybody. I think they're in the truck series, their performance. I mean, not only, uh, you know, we saw, it, we, we, we knew we could do stuff on dirt. We know, you know, we, we expected them to have that great run last year at Eldora. But, you know, last year they struggled out of the box and took some weeks off. But when after they came back, uh, you just, you, you know, the, the dramatic shift in uh, uh, average finish from how he started the year... Um, how he started the year versus the second half of the year after they took that break and uh, showed significant improvement. Luckily, uh, um, is uh, definitely carried over into this year. Um, and Stewart had a great run on Friday night in the uh, in the Truck Series race there at the Texas Motor Speedway. As they're kind of running uh, in connection with the IndyCar race, which was last night, and then the Xfinity Series. Uh, they ran yesterday at Michigan. Austin Dillon got the win. Uh, It was a rain-shortened race, and uh, Austin uh, lucked out there when the final caution uh, flew for the rain. He was leading just ahead of his uh, teammate, Daniel Hemrick. He got the win. Dylan, then Hemrick, Custer, uh, Cole Custer was third, Ryan Reed fourth, Paul Menard in fifth. Then you had Kyle Busch, Tyler Reddick, Kevin Harvick, Justin Allgaier, Ryan Truex rounding out the top ten. And I saw a funny column this morning from Nick Bromberg, who is... I don't know the the mas He's the master of snark on, on Twitter. He's uh, he's great at pointing out uh, you know whenever there's a a funny mistake out of like the the NASCAR uh, official so, show, uh, social media account. And I, I love Nick. We've had him on the show a couple of times. But he had a great column yesterday uh, after the Xfinity Series race. It, Asking the question is Austin Diller the Austin Dillon the luckiest driver at NASCAR and he kind of played it out. His last six wins in either the Cup Series or the Xfinity Series combined uh, have been wins he's kind of lucked into, and he kind of he, he spells it all out. Uh, if you go back to the the Xfinity Series race at Auto Club in, in March of 2016, uh, Kyle Busch was had dominated the race, led 133 of 150 laps, but got a flat tire on the last lap. Daniel Suarez took the lead. He runs out of field. That allows Dillon to win on the last lap. He only leads the final lap and gets the win. Then he fast forward to Bristol in August of 2016, and Austin was running fourth behind Brad Keselowski and Kyle Busch, who got together while racing for the lead. Ty Dillon, his brother, running third, also gets involved in the incident. That allows Austin Dillon to take over the lead and leads just the final four laps to win. Fast forward to 2017, his first Cup win, of course, at Charlotte Motor Speedway in the Coca-Cola 600. That was a fuel mileage race, and he lucked out and only needed to lead two laps to get his first Cup Series win. Then you go to this year's Daytona 500. Again, kind of not part of the picture for most of the race, but many of the top guys crashed out, and then there he is on the last lap, taking Eric Almero out to get the win in the Daytona 500, and then yesterday uh, led a little bit more. I think he led 13 laps instead of you know maybe just the last couple, but then um uh Austin, you know, lucks out there with the the rain falling uh late in the race with uh, 91 laps in the books and uh he's de- declared the winner. So, uh I thought it was an interesting study in statistics by Nick Bromberg, but uh you know, Austin Dillon is a little more lucky than good it seems like in the last couple of years when you look at his last uh 5-6 wins in either Cup Series or Xfinity Series competition, I, t- I tweeted the link out. Uh, if you want to go back and take a look at that in detail, and there's highlights from each race there uh, on our Twitter account, Fast Track 550. But uh, I-, I know he's won. I mean, he's won a Camper. He's a Camper World Truck Series and Xfinity Series champion. So I mean, he- he's he's somewhat earned his his place in the sport where he is currently uh, currently. But it also helps that he's, you know, Richard Childress's grandson and that also has helped him get to where he is today. But uh I find it funny that uh Dylan has kind of just uh gotten so lucky here. And then, you know, you look at his wife too, and uh he's just one lucky guy, <laughs> I guess you could say. Uh 803 551 888 8-552-550. Trying to get in touch with Conrad Thompson here this morning, but uh is having some uh difficulties reaching him, so we press on here uh at 803-0551. 888 550 2550 as uh, the NASCAR Cup Series in action today at Michigan. Um, Formula One is up in uh, Canada Day. Sebastian Vettel winning the poll for that race, and that'll be coming up. I think that one is on uh, ABC this afternoon if you want to catch that one. And then you've got, as I said, Anchoray in Virginia and in IndyCar last night at the Texas Motor Speedway. And it's what a, a weird s- s- the schedule, I mean, I, I know, I'm sure when IndyCar came up with the schedule, they want to keep the momentum going, of course, um, out of the Indianapolis 500. So you get the Indy 500, you get, then right out of that, you go to Belle Isle for the double, and then to Texas. So they get all these races in a row. But what just a, a grueling stretch here in the middle of the season, four races. Uh, you know four races in 3 weeks you've got your biggest race of the year you've got a, a doubleheader weekend on a on a street course and then you've got a, a big fast mile and a half uh that uh you know can tear up a lot of equipment we saw some crashes last night it was a little bit better a lot of reports saying the the aero package this year you know making the racing a little better and they felt a little bit safer behind the wheel than some in recent years on on these big fast mile and a halfs. But uh, it was Scott Dixon getting the win last night, and Scott moves into uh, third all-time. He takes over the the solo uh, third-place all-time on the all-time win list in IndyCar, and now he's behind just Mario Andretti and A.J. Foyt. How about that? Uh, Scott Dixon, you know, moving up to third all-time in the list, breaking the tie that he held uh, for third, down with 43 career wins as he dominated last night at the Texas Motor Speedway. And, uh, you know, just showing uh, his... As he is, you know, he and Will Power are just kind of the the two greatest of, of this current generation here in IndyCar. But Dixon getting the win, uh, led 119 laps last night. Simon Pagenaud led a little bit, finished second. Alexander Rossi again, a very exciting night for him. He was challenging Pagenaud. They had a great battle for second late in the race, but had to come home third. James Hinchcliffe bouncing back after you know his un- unfortunate you know qualifying effort at Indy and then the uh, the struggles at Detroit last week finishing fourth, Ryan Hunter Ray rounding out the top five, then Graham Ray Hall, Sato, Sebastian Bourdais, Ed Jones, and Charlie Kimball rounding out the top ten last night at Texas. Um, but again, the the I mean the big point shake up here in just this four race stretch, uh, you know, four races in three three weeks is now Dixon is your leader as uh you know he got a win at Belle Isle and now a win at Texas, and now he's up ahead of Alexander Rossi by 23. Will Power, despite his Indy win, is back to third in the standings as he crashed out of the race last night at Texas. He got caught up with uh, Zachary and Demello late in the race. That took him out of contention and cost him the points lead. He's now back to third, and he's 46 behind Dixon. And then you got Hunter Ray and Newgarden rounding out the top five. Graham Rahal hanging in there in sixth with 250, uh, just 39 back in Newgarden. But uh, you still see, you know, you still see, you see now the top teams kind of rising to the top here. You know, going into I think the Indy 500, we had five different teams represented in the top five. But now, you know, the uh, the Rahal cars and the uh, Schmidt Peterson cars have struggled here the last couple of weeks. And now it's it's Ganassi, Andretti, and Penske all in the top five now. As you've got Dixon. Uh, Of course, the one Ganassi car in the top five, Rossi and Hunter Ray, the two Andretti cars, and Power Newgarden, the two Penske cars here in the top five. So it's amazing how much can change in just this three-week stretch, but it is a a jam-packed schedule for the IndyCar folks. Now they've got a few weeks off. Uh, They go to Road America in two weeks, but uh, what a a wild stretch here over the last three weeks for the IndyCar series. Well, unfortunately, we couldn't get to Conrad Thompson. Hopefully, we can still try and get with him uh, before the top of the hour. Uh, I apologize. Uh, but we will come back, when we get back. We'll talk to Shane Clatton from the World of Outlaw Late Model series as uh, they return to the Western New York area this coming week with stops at the State Line Speedway on Thursday, and of course, a big return to the Ransomville Speedway on Friday. That's coming up next here on fast track. Hi, this is Jamie McMurray, driver of the number one McDonald Chevy SS. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 1131 here in WGR Sports Radio 550, Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track. Uh, phone lines open here 803 0551, 888 552 550. One of the things we talk about there in the opening segment. Uh, you know, coming off, uh, Martin Truex now getting his second win of the year. And now a lot of people uh, talking about the possibility that the, the final four for the championship in Homestead could be. Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick, and Kyle Bush, as those three drivers now have won 11 out of the uh, first 14 races this year, and I fully agree with that, and I'd be all for that. I think it'd be great to see a championship race with those three, but who would be driver number four? Would it be Joey Logano? Could it be Brad Kozlowski, Kyle Larson, Jimmy Johnson? Uh, Who would be your Final member of that championship for if it came to fruition, of course, uh, a lot of things uh, could possibly happen uh, between now and the rest of the regular season and then into the playoffs, too, of course. But I mean, I'd sign up for those three racing for the championship in the final race uh, as uh, they are the probably the three best in the business right now when it comes to the Cup Series and uh, they've certainly been flexing their muscles here in 2018. The Cup Series is in Michigan. We'll have the race today here on WGR. Coverage starts at about uh, 1 o'clock, courtesy of the Motor Racing Network. The Firekeeper Casino's 400, as Kurt Busch will be on the pole for today's race. Brad Keselowski starts alongside on the front row. Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick will share row number two, while Martin Truex... Uh, rolls off in seventeenth, a big name struggling in qualifying on Friday, and Kyle Larson goes for his fourth straight win, but he'll have to do it from the twenty sixth starting position, as uh, he was one of the other ones that struggled in qualifying. But man, look at the the pole speeds over two hundred miles an hour. Uh, pole speed. Uh, all. all Eleven out of the the top eleven all were above 200 miles an hour. Uh, I I thought it was a pretty good race yesterday for the Xfinity series. They had the you know the restrictor plate package and the uh, you know the, the slim down arrow package to try and slow these cars down. And I thought it made for some pretty good racing. Seeing them fan out three and four wide. Um, and I, I would like to see more of that uh, to continue to slow these cars down and work with these aero packages um, to try and uh, I- improve the product because just these cars get too fast and it 's hard for them to to race and put on a good show I think when they're when they 're consistently running above two hundred miles an hour 552 five fifty one eight eight five fifty two five fifty three we're talking to Shane Clanton from the world of outlaw late Model series. Uh, Coming up here in just a minute as uh, they'll be at the State Line Speedway in Bustine, New York, uh, down by the the state border there near Jamestown on Thursday in Ransomville on Friday night. State Line Speedway hosted the uh, All-Star Sprint Car Circuit of Champions uh, last night, and uh, Tony Stewart was there. Tony owns the uh, the All-Star Series, and uh, he has kind of been on this uh, New York swing, and he is at the Weed Sports Speedway tonight. Uh, over in central New York. But Carmen Macedo from California got the win in the A-Main over Greg Hodnett, Chad Kemenaw, Paul McMahon, and Tony Stewart rounded out the top five uh, in the A-Main last night at State Line. Jack uh Danny Dietrich, Dave Blaney, who, of course, is Ryan's dad, Parker Price-Miller, and Cale Conley round out the top ten. So that was a, a star-studded sprint car race last night for the All-Star Circuit of Champions at the State Line Speedway. And Thursday, they host the World of Outlaw Late Models, and then they're off to Ransomville on Friday night and joining us on the AT Hotline, as former series champion Shane Clanton joins us on the line. The Georgia Bulldog, Shane. It's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning.
1: Morning. How are you
0: doing? Well, I- I'm sure you're pretty worn out. You've had a very busy weekend, sir, with uh, running the dream there at Eldora, and uh, you had to deal some rain and some racing. Uh, just tell us real quick how'd your weekend go at Eldora?
1: Oh, uh, not too bad. Uh, we made the race for one.
0: That's
1: a itself. <laughs> but- yep. Uh, we, we run 6th and Thursday's program, and then run 2nd and Friday's program. And then uh, we had a little bad luck, and we messed the shock or something up in the feature on Saturday. And got in the fence, and tore the body up a little bit, and just parked it. Is,
0: is the dream, is that, I, I, I don't, I, I'm more, I follow the modifies up here more in, in western New York, so I'm not in tune with late model racing as, as much as some people, but it, where does the dream rank on, on the biggest late model races on your schedule every year? Uh, It is the
1: biggest by far, Uh, pays the most money. Uh, Is that the the biggest facility that we go to? But and to win it, it's something special.
0: Yeah, it was. It's certainly a huge event, and I mean, anything at Eldora is big, and and uh, it was certainly a a good good weekend down there at the Eldora Speedway but a little trouble for you there with uh, coming home uh, 25th in the A-Main but uh, despite starting up front uh, of course now you're headed up here to Western New York with uh, State Line and Ranceville on Thursday and Friday and uh, it's, it's kind of almost like a home track. You're from Georgia but you've got family up here this way and I, so this is a little bit of a homecoming for you
1: It is uh, My father-in-law lives 15 minutes from State Line so uh, hopefully we can go and repeat. Like, I think the last time Outlaw was there, I won, so hopefully we can go and, and win again.
0: And then you'll be at, at Ransomville on Friday, and this will be the first time the World of Outlaw late models have been there since 2005. I know you've run a whole lot of races since then, but do you remember anything from uh, the last time you ran at Ransomville and finished fourth there back in 2005?
1: I do. Uh, I mean, that's what... It, we thought we had a pretty good race that night. I thought we would come back, but Uh, I don't know if the management or whatever changed hands a couple times ago, so we're excited to come back. The racing was pretty good that night, I can remember. Uh, It's a little treasure getting in turn one. That wall sticks out there, but uh, just stay away from the wall, I guess.
0: Yeah, it is, it is a challenging racetrack. It'll be a little bit different. I know they, they've made a, a, a couple tweaks to the facility last year to kind of to suit the spring cars, but uh, it, it should be somewhat familiar when you come back on Friday night. Uh, you come into this weekend, or this week, with the, the, the stops up here Thursday and Friday, fourth in points, still looking for your first A-Main uh, win of the season, but you got 10 top 10s and 12 starts. Uh, how would you describe your, your start of your season with the World of Outlaw Late Models?
1: Uh, it's not bad, just we haven't got that win yet. We run second, and was the closest second margin uh, to history, I think, so far. So uh, we felt like we could have got that win that night. And it did, but we come up a little short. Uh, we uh, we definitely gained on it. And we keep running the top fives, and the wins will come. Just, just got to tweak on us car a little bit more and, and just trying to make it better.
0: Lot, uh, yeah, the competition real, real stiff this year. I mean, Brandon Shepard, of course, he dominated last year. This year, it's kind of been feast or famine for Brandon with, with three wins, and now you've got you know Chris Madden and Mike Marlar uh, just ahead of him in the standings, and you as well. I mean, it, it seems like it's going to be a, a, a long season and a, a great battle for the championship this year when you guys get to the world finals in Charlotte.
1: I think it is. Uh, it's shaping up that way, anyway. Yep. Uh, there's four of us that are, are pretty close in the points and. If uh, you look, we're all running close, somewhat together on the racetrack every weekend. Just They've lucked up, got them a couple wins that I had, but maybe we can uh, turn it around this weekend and, and get a couple wins and stretch out some, or catch them in points a little bit, I guess.
0: You guys run a lot of races. I mean, not only do you follow the World of Outlaws the, but, you know, there's a lot of other unsanctioned events and other series around the country. So you've run just about everywhere. What What is, uh, when you if you had to pick a schedule, though, what would be some of your favorite tracks that you'd want to put on that schedule that you do well at and you'd like to race at every year?
1: Uh, the, the schedule that we have now with the World Outlaws, I like just about all the tracks that we go to. Uh, there's a couple that we could, could leave off, I guess, but... Uh, <laughs> For the most part, Eldor and Charlotte and them places that are big and fast. Uh, we're going to go over to Mansfield, Ohio for the big race that's later on in July. Uh, or our August, I'm sorry. But, uh, other than that, there's just our home track, Dixie and Rome Speedway. We like going there and just, just do as, as anywhere you can race on, we like going there.
0: Very good. Well, Shane, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a track announcer at Ransomville, so I'll be, I'll be there on Friday night, and I'll be looking forward to seeing Rick Eshelman up there on the tower. But uh, looking forward to seeing you guys come back to the Big R on Friday night. And uh, best of luck at State Line on Thursday and Ransomville on Friday and the rest of the season. Thank you for the time this morning.
1: No problem.
0: Thank you. All right. Shane Clanton, the Georgia Bulldog. He'll be at State Line on Thursday and the Big R on Friday. All right. We're calling a, a live audible here, Mike. Uh, Conrad Thompson's going to join us. At 11.45, so after the break. So real quick, Mike, can we squeeze the local racing roundup? As soon as you're ready, just fire it up.
1: Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track.
0: All right, we're going to get right into it. Friday night, the big R, uh, Ranceville Speedway. What a ra- Actually, let's go back to Thursday. Excuse me. Thursday night, we had a couple of races. Lancaster Speedway. Patrick Emmerling won both of the Sportsman Features. Andy Krein picked up the win in the street stocks. And Charles Palmer got a, a first career win in the four cylinders. Genesee Speedway on Thursday night. James Henry conquered the Grit Sportsman Tour event, uh, holding off Ricky Newton for most of the race. But then uh, Ricky spun out late in the race, so Adam Leslie finished second. James Michael Friesen third, then Brad Rouse, and then Newton. Uh, the crate late models, Bill Holmes got the win over Beamer, Gazardi, and John Waters. Byron DeWitt got the win in the uh, street stocks. And then it was Chris Leone in the mini stocks. Now let's go to Friday and the big R Ranta villain. What a modified race this was. One of the best I've seen in the years that I've worked there. As Pete McNell held off a hard charging, high riding uh, Ryan Susie to get the win by 44 thousandths of a second. Eric Rudolph nipped. Uh, Ricky Rickner for third place by two thousandths of a second. It was a phenomenal race. Garrison Krentz got his first ever sportsman win. Chris DeZamba, another Street Stock win. Chad Desso, four bangers. Orville Harris got a first career novice sportsman win. Again, this Friday night, World of Outlaw, late models, modifieds, and sportsman. That is it. That's the three-division three show this Friday at Ranceville. Uh, that is going to be a really good one. Last night's action, uh, Holland Speedway, the the track at Hillside, Sean Nye in the sportsman, Josh Hathaway in the street stocks, Kenny Heenan in the four cylinders, and uh, Marty Hughes in the figure eights. Last night at the Lake Erie Speedway, the Race of Champions Modified Series. Who else? Matt Hirschman getting another win there at Lake Erie. He held off a uh, hard-charging Patrick Emmerling there uh, all the way to the finish. And Andy Jankowiak, he was the hard charger of the night. He came from 16th to finish 3rd. Uh, the race of champions, late models Roy Hayes coming up from down south, beating uh, fellow North Carolina resident Jarek Johnson for the win. Dave Russell rounded out the uh, top three there. Tommy Catalano got his first ever outdoor TQ midget win after getting by uh, Dave Wallabert late in the race. And uh, Jake Albright won the uh, uh, Midwest Compact Series race, and that was a, a great night at Lake Erie. 25 modifieds, a standout field for uh, a round two of the uh, the 2018 uh, race of champions modified series uh lancaster dragway friday night uh, Accidentally excellently looked this over friday uh jeff Subchinski got the win in top eight brian hitchcock in top et dale eckert in mod angelo salemi in bikes and sleds and eddie semlich getting the win in uh, tread city tire street there at lancaster on friday coming up this saturday night at lancaster they've got a 75 lap race for their sportsman the joe riley sportsman summer slam coming up on saturday night Uh, And you got Humberstone Speedway in action this evening. So we've moved that up. Now we can uh, step aside here. We come back. We will talk to Conrad Thompson from Something to Wrestle With when we wrap up this edition of Fast Track here on WGR. 11.47 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track and... Well, we got him here, and he's going to join us now on the at and Hotline from the Something to Wrestle With podcast with Bruce Pritchard. You can also find him on the WWE Network with Something Else to Wrestle With. Conrad Thompson joins us on the line. Conrad is Dave Buchanan in Buffalo. Good morning. Thank you for making time for us this morning.
2: Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Sorry I'm running late. We uh, taped our next WWE episode this morning, and it ran over. And uh, I'm behind this morning, so my apologies to you.
0: That is all right. Uh, I, as they say in the business, I am marking out right now, Conrad. (laughs) Man, I am too.
2: It's an honor to be on your show. You know, I'm just a wrestling fan, so the idea that I get to be invited to stuff like this is pretty doggone cool man thanks for having me
0: uh let let's get to the reason why i was able to make this racing connection well i mean this is my show so i can have on anybody i want but i, I try to make it connected to racing and one of those reasons that the something to wrestle with podcast connected to racing you actually sponsored a car yesterday in the xfinity series ryan sieg uh, in the Thirty Nine Team. they had your logo uh on the uh, on the car yesterday at michigan and uh well chat me up conrad how did you wind up on the side of a xfinity series car
2: Man, it was pretty random. Apparently, those guys are big listeners to the show and just uh, found me on Twitter and sent me a DM asking if we'd be interested in sponsoring a race car. And I'm like, you don't even know what that entails. <laughs> sent me a mock-up and said, we'd just like to put this on our car this weekend and uh, you know, show you guys some love. And so we traded some emails and figured out a way to make it happen. And yeah, Bruce and I were tickled, man. You know, we're, we're both casual racing
0: fans, you know, but the idea that we had our logo on a race car that's pretty awesome it was cool uh ryan had a a rough day a spin out there late in the race and uh although it made some for some great shots i don't know we posted a picture on our facebook page of uh the car sliding through the grass so that looked kind of cool but ryan coming home in 19th yesterday but not a bad start do do you think uh this will lead to maybe future involvement with the show and motorsports
2: Man, you know, there's no telling. If you would have asked me a year ago, would we be doing half the stuff we're doing now? I would have said you were crazy, but somehow we're doing it. So I'm not opposed to it. I got to tell you, I saw those pictures. I thought it was cool as hell, and I would love the opportunity to do it a little longer.
0: Well, the other reason I wanted to bring you on is, first off, for those that have never listened to the show, uh, it's. It's Conrad and Bruce Pritchard. who, if you don't know who he is, he was Brother Love, a character in the WWF in the 80s and 90s. But when he wasn't on TV, he was behind the scenes working right alongside Vince McMahon. So he has got a backlog of stories from the glory days of wrestling from, like, the late 80s right through to the late 90s of the Attitude Era and when wrestling was on top. So they there's lots of great stories to tell, and Conrad is amazing at at getting – Bruce to craft these stories they tell it in a very interesting way on the podcast and uh, they do different episodes on wrestlers and events and one of the wrestlers they carried was uh, covered was Bob Holly and as I said at the top of the show when Bob Holly broke into the WWF his gimmick or character was that of a race car driver and Conrad not only did Thurman Sparky plug Bob Holly not only did he have the character in the ring of, of a race car driver he lived the gimmick he was a race car driver too it was a great tie in
2: Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about that You know, they really did have that crossover and it wasn't just sort of funny ha-ha or wrestling. It's real life, man, and uh, he got to pursue both of his passions and become a bit of a two-sport athlete. (laughs) It was a great way to market
0: him, too. And the amazing thing, and you guys mentioned this a little bit bit on the podcast, is not only was Vince McMahon paying Bob Holly to wrestle – He was funding his racing operation there in the 1990s and and spending big bucks to do it.
2: He absolutely was. And, you know, I think a lot of people sort of look at the XFL and some of the other missteps that Vince McMahon has had professionally and say, you know, oh, this is a guy who doesn't really have any success outside of wrestling. Mm. You know, you can't fault the guy for trying. I mean, this is a guy who's tried to have supplement companies and bodybuilding companies
0: that apparently even tried his hand at racing once upon a time. So it's a fun little tie in for sure. And Bob, uh, he raced late models down south. he he was a, he won a track championship at the Mobile International Speedway, uh, ran, uh, the Five Flag Speedway, the Snowball Derby, and that, that, of course, Conrad, that's where they also filmed uh, what they call in the business those vignettes when they like to introduce a character. Uh, they filmed those right in the middle of a race uh, back in the 1990s. It, it, and it was it, going back, it, it's cool to go back and watch those vignettes of Bob inside the race car and all that stuff they shot at the Snowball Derby.
2: It's pretty surreal, you know, to see how wrestling can sort of cross over into everything. I mean, who
0: would have thought? Yeah. Conrad Thompson joining us uh, here from the Something to Wrestle with podcast. Uh, real quick, just give us the backstory of the show. I mean, you've, you've done a, a number of these shows. You did a couple with Ric Flair, the legend that he is. You do one now with Eric Bischoff and Tony Schiavone. But how did you get partnered up with Bruce, and how did this, this all just take off two years ago?
2: You know, it was really just a happy accident. Uh, I befriended Ric Flair, and when he had an opportunity to do a podcast with CBS, he asked me to sit in on the first episode and ask fan questions. I did. And at the end of the episode, uh, he dug it, CBS dug it. So they kept asking me to come back, and I did. And when eventually that contract ended, I convinced Rick, hey, let's go independent, man. Let's sort of DIY this thing. And we did, and we created the Ric Flair Show. And along the way, when you're friends with Ric Flair, you meet everybody <laughs> at Bruce Prichard. And Bruce and I became fast friends, and I was able to just pick his brain. And I would say, hey, man, what happened when... And then he would tell me a phenomenal story. And I would, mm-hmm. of course, you know, sort of cross-examine him. But what about this? And what about that? And one of those times we did that, I looked over and I said, dude, this is a podcast. Yep. But at the time, the wrestling genre had just become formatted where it's wrestler A talks to wrestler B about their old memories. And it's just an interview format. And I thought, man, that was tough with Rick to come up with a different interesting guest that you think is going to get downloads 52 times a year. What if we did this instead? And a few weeks later, I was able to sell him on the idea. Once we had some success there, I made a a pitch to Tony Schiavone and then Eric Bischoff. And now I find myself with three podcasts.
0: What am I thinking? (laughs) The the king of the wrestling podcast world. And th- that's what I like about it. You guys take a topic and then you just sit there and you go, you tell the you tell the story like chronologically. And I know you go through like the Wrestling Observer and that history of WWE website that kind of breaks down all the match results throughout the years. You kind of tell, you, you give the bullet points, but then you go to Bruce and Bruce is able to give that backstory of, well, this is what they said, but here's what really happened. Yeah,
2: that's exactly right. You know, we're trying to correct the quote-unquote rumor and innuendo. <laughs> great time doing it. The show comes out uh, for free every Friday at wrestle.com at noon Eastern. You can also catch Tony Schiavone on Wednesdays now at whwmonday.com. It is on Monday if you're a Patreon subscriber. But the big thing that everybody's talking about right now is the 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, and that one comes out tonight at midnight at 83weeks.com.
0: Uh, and I've I've listened to the first couple of those. I'm trying to catch up, but the the Bash at the Beach one was awesome. And, uh, yeah, Eric is just like Bruce. He's full of stories, and he was an even bigger uh, character on the screen, but also huge in running WCW through the Monday Night Wars. But all this podcast stuff, uh, uh, Conrad, has led to a great partnership with the WWE Network, and there's something else to wrestle with. It is just as good as the podcast, and, and this has got the added addition of video to go along with it. It makes it even better. It, uh, just tell us quickly how you got—obviously, uh, I'm sure Bruce helped the connection there with getting you guys on the network.
2: Well, you know, the WWE sent some feelers out last year, and the the surveys went out to subscribers and said, hey, how would you like to have a podcast section on the network? People responded very positively, so they reached out to a lot of shows about what if, mm-hmm. and ultimately— Vince McMahon decided, hey, if we're going to do it, let's do it with one that we can produce in-house. And the other formats probably lent themselves to a bit of a challenge because you had an interview format. You'd have to have cameras in different areas, and that other location would be not you know, it would be a very fluid situation. Vince mm. and I, we're in the same spot every week. He's a former WWE employee for over 20 years. They had a good relationship. It was an easy fit, especially when he got the huge pop at the 25th anniversary edition of Raw. And uh, we were off to the races. We negotiated a good deal, announced at WrestleMania,
0: and now they drop on Wednesday on the WWE Network. And those are excellent as well, too. Uh, my my network subscription is lapsed at the moment, so I haven't caught up. I haven't caught the new one about uh, ECW, but uh, the Mega Powers one, the Million Dollar Man one, the Roddy Piper one are great. And it's added, of course, with the video and the fact that WWE, they dig in their archives for you guys and they pull out some really interesting footage, especially that Roddy Piper episode. There was some cool stuff with Bruce and Vince and Roddy backstage in there.
2: Yeah, we've been really excited to be able to showcase some of that because there's so much stuff that really they have no purpose to air. So if they're not going to show it on our show, it just dies forever. Really behind-the-scenes stuff that was never meant to be aired, and there was no purpose for it. But now, since they've sort of greenlit a storytime
0: podcast
2: that essentially takes you behind the scenes, we can finally showcase it. And we're really proud of what it looks like today.
0: Well, not only do you do the show on the network and the podcast, you, you guys go on the road every now and then. And you're actually headed not far from here to us here in Buffalo. You're going to be in Rochester on July 7th. I really wish I could make this show, but unfortunately my commitments to local racing, I got to be at the track that night. But for the fans that might be interested, where can they find you in Rochester and how do they get tickets?
2: Bruce is where you can pick up your tickets. There's no T in his name, but you can not a T on your back. We've got T-shirts there <laughs> as well at Bruce Pritchard.com. But Comedy at the Carlson is going to be sold out hanging from the rafters on July 7th. WWE's not coming to town, but their big star is Bruce Pritchard. And we're going to bring uh, some stories that we can't tell on the podcast. So if you enjoy our podcast, you're going to love the live show because there are some stories about sex, drugs, and rock and roll that Maybe just start for mass consumption, but Rochester's going to get them on July 7th. Pick up your tickets now, brucepritchard.com.
0: Uh, you, you, you mentioned the t shirts and the t shirts and the sayings, and that's one of the things. I, I'm, I just got into the show the last couple of months. So, catching up on all the inside jokes, all the, the doot, doot, doots, and the pronouns, pal, it took me a few episodes to kind of to get uh, smartened up to all these inside jokes you guys have on the show. I mean, that's
2: part of what we're doing, you know. I'm a big Howard Stern fan, and you know he's made Baba Booey <laughs> do a thing, and I want to sort of continue to do that with our show as well.
0: Well, hey, uh, I I think we're about the same age, and I got in I got into to wrestling, you know, in the early, late '80s, early '90s. There, you know, Rockers, Ultimate Warrior, the the Hogan, WrestleMania Nine—that's all in my wheelhouse. And then, you know, right through to the Attitude Era. So, I mean, most of these episodes are right from that time frame. So, I am just. I am switched on to this. It is a great listen, and uh, it's very cool. Thank you so much for the time this morning. I know you guys are busy, like you said, running uh, long this morning with your recording. But uh, thank you so much for the time. Uh, Keep staying involved in motorsports, too. Uh, I think it's a great connection, and uh, have a great time uh, with your show in Rochester.
2: Thanks, man. We appreciate the opportunity to come on. Love to be back anytime.
0: All right. Conrad Thompson from the Something to Wrestle podcast with Bruce Pritchard. Uh, find it uh, at somethingwrestle.com. You can find it on youtube.com. That's actually where I discovered it. And if you're a WWE Network subscriber, check that out. you got to listen to the Bob Holly episode if you haven't, just for the, the racing tie-ins alone. So uh, thank you so much. We're uh, out of time, and we'll be back next week here with more Fast Track on WGR.